You're listening to The Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast. This is episode 40 for Wednesday, the 30th of September, 2020. Live from Düsseldorf. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab, coming to you from the capital of the federal state of North Rhine-Westphalia here, Düsseldorf in Germany, where I've just moved to. Indeed, coming to you live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Let's do it live. Um, yes, I decided. I've just, you know, I've got the move done, and I've decided to try something, something new, uh, which is uh, live streaming this this podcast. So if you're listening to this on your on your iDevice or whatever on your podcasting app, um, this won't change anything um, for you. Basically, I'm just as I'm recording this. Um, a few hours before I release it, I'm, I'm streaming this live on Twitch. And if you're interested, I, there will be I'll put a link in the show notes to a video. I always uh, record these Twitch um, streams and put them on YouTube for posterity. So um, yeah, you can you can watch it there. This is something I might be doing more of in the future. Um, I've been, you know, people have been asking me why I'm not doing it, and uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I first wanted to get the, the podcast sorted out and get this this new workflow I had, uh, you know, developed for the show um, working completely before committing to something like this. Um, but yeah, now now that I've I've moved and I've, I've settled in, I've like maybe now is the time to try it, and so I'm trying it. And yeah, as I said, I might do more in the future. We'll uh, we'll see. Um, if you are interested, um, the Twitch channel is twitch.tv. Um, what was that? Something fell over. Twitch.tv slash fox.alphabravo. Um, yeah, something you might notice, this room still sounds a little bit echoey probably. This is because uh, I'm trying to fix it in post, but uh, this is uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of, of chaos. I've, I've built my studio, studios all built. About half of my stuff is, is you know, in cupboards in my home office but there's still a lot of stuff on the floor and everywhere so you might hear that you might also hear some um some construction work going on they're actually digging up the road still um this this building site we moved into is still not finished so there's earth movers going back and forth uh before my window i'm now on the ground floor um there might also be cars driving past we'll see we'll see we'll see how that works out just don't get alarmed by any by any sounds it's a new situation we all have to, to settle in um yeah with all this exciting stuff out of the way let's get to today's podcast what are we doing um what are, what are we doing um indeed uh, today i want to talk about two things that came up while uh, i was moving um as i as i told you before uh, to prepare you for some skipped episodes you know skipped i skipped some release dates i was uh moving from hamburg to dusseldorf obviously a very long distance pretty much half through half of germany that's about 400 kilometers um that went well um as well as you know a move can be expected moves are always shit <laughs> um that went well and then um me and my wife just left everything as it was and went on holiday for a few days just to a campsite in the black forest just completely unplugged they didn't even have cell reception there <laughs> which was great and um yeah so I've, I've, uh, you know I, I had some i had some time where i basically uh pretty much i don't know half the month is gone for me i haven't ever read any news anything um it's either busy or on holiday without internet so 
Um, but there's there's two things that I have have, have happened that I've, I've um, looked at later that I want to talk about. Um, the first thing, first topic is going to be privacy laws outside of the EU. And this is GDPR-related legislation that um, is trying to get passed in the US. And then also whatever is going to happen with GDPR post-Brexit, which is also a very interesting thing, um, interesting story that I had talked about earlier on this podcast. And I want to um, re revisit what's what's going on there. And um, then the second topic is uh, just Amazon, um, new Amazon products that have been released and uh, well, not, not released, actually announced. And some, you know, some some analysis of that, uh, and how Amazon is basically trying to push into your living room. This is kind of adjacent to what I talked about last episode. Before the move, I had the story about Google going into hotel rooms. This is Amazon going into your living room. It's different, but kind of the same same thing. Um, by the way, if you're asking, if you're wondering what kind of lovely beverage I am enjoying today, it's a chamomile tea. Mm which is not because i've gotten uh, no which is not because i've gotten soft on you but rather because i'm i'm a bit sick i've got this uh, stomach bug that is uh, very hard to get rid of and i'm basically trying to um to calm my <laughs> my stomach a bit um yeah and and with that i think that's that's what i'm going to talk about today there's no, no really no feedback uh I got some nice messages about the movement. Talk about that a little bit, but then um, there wasn't anything other. Um, well, that that I can read out on the show. I got some stuff that you know was was confidential and stuff like that. But uh, maybe maybe we'll get some. Um, I'm keep while I'm doing this because I'm live streaming this. I, I'm keeping an eye on the Twitch chat, so maybe somebody uh, will have some feedback on some some stories I'm discussing today or some. Um, some previous stuff I talked about. So maybe we're going to talk about that a little bit. But let's get into our first topic, and which is a few years ago, I think four years ago now, um, the EU uh, passed the GDPR, the General Data Privacy Regulation, as we like to call it in Germany. The EU Datenschutzgrundverordnung, EU DSGVO. <laughs> um, and that's been kind of like... Um, I guess for once the EU has been leading with this kind of thing um, worldwide, which is not something uh, certainly I uh, expect the EU to be doing. But you know, it's kind of it kind of makes sense because Germany has been pushing this a lot. It's been driving uh, privacy uh, concerns and privacy protections um, historically, just because of Germany's um, historic role and our um, problems with 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 democracy in the past and how how privacy was used to um subdue like or the lack of privacy was used to subdue civil liber liberties we are um very as germans we're very um concerned about these things so it kind of makes sense that you has been doing that but it's been looked at from from other countries there's been other i think india has been been looking at privacy regulations but mostly also the u.s and then, of course, um, there is an issue which I'm going to talk later about that that is the UK because the UK, obviously, with Brexit, leaving the EU, um, but still has so far committed to um, retaining, basically retaining the GDPR. Um, now, that's a little bit in question. But let, let's look up at the US first. I mean, the US is obviously a... Um, 
one of the last countries you would expect to have regulations like this because all the worst offenders, um, all the companies that basically make their living off violating our privacy are US companies. Um, talking Google, Facebook, um, now Amazon we'll talk about later. Um, you know, but the tech companies are pretty much all from the US. Um, they are lobbying a lot um, against this kind of thing, which is understandable from their point of view um, and the point of view of their investors. Um, but so it's just you, you'd expect the US to be like kind of the last country to to come in with legislation like this. Interestingly, that is not quite true because um, in the US, um, a little bit, you know, with with their uh, the way how their state is run, uh, similar to the way uh, it's in Germany, you know, they have a federalized system. And so um, there, there is a big difference between the US federal government and, and certain um, federal states. Now, with the states, in the, 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 the state in question here, interestingly, the, the one that is actually quite proactive about privacy is California, which is, again, is weird because that's where all the tech companies are. But that's also where all the progressive, we want to make the world a better place people are. So it kind of falls together, I guess. And the um, California had passed, I think, last year or, pre or probably even the year before, a, um, a law called the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA, which has come into force this year and which is kind of calling it GDPR equivalent would probably be a bit much, but it's kind of a, it comes close, right? It, 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 it puts a lot of protections. I'm not, I'm not an expert on this law, but it puts a lot of protections into, in, into law that, that previously in the U S were unheard of. Now, apparently they've been under fire about how, you know, how much they're actually enforcing this law. Um, it can be said about the GDPR in Europe that actually the enforcement has been has been quite strong, being quite draconian. There were fears in the beginning um, that this these these strict rules and companies not being prepared for these rules would lead to um, what we call um, you know basically cease and desist um, waves. So in, in, in Germany, um, we call this Abmahnung. I mean, the cease and desist letters, basically the same thing. Um, they're a lawyer. They're lawyers that are making a living of basically thre threatening companies that don't comply to laws like this and then um, threaten them with fines. Um, you know, otherwise they would they would sue them. And that, that was a big worry in the beginning. It, it, it has turned out not to be as bad. Um, as people as have expected, I, I've, I'm also not an expert on this because I'm not a lawyer, but um, I feel like it, it has kind of worked. Um, the GDPR puts a lot of emphasis on um, consumers enforcing their rights. Um, so as far as I understand it, it's not trivial um, as a third party to go after a company. You know, For example, my rights, my consumer rights are being violated. It's kind of hard for them to go after after the company for that. What they can do is the stuff they always do cease and desist about. It's just like, you know, there's the, 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 the stuff in the GDPR that says, you know, you have to put certain notices on your website and stuff like that. 
And if you don't do that, you know, they can go after you for that. But generally, I think it's it's been, um, that, that hasn't been so much a problem. And the enforcement has been quite, quite draconian, one would even say. I think this is just like one, one aspect of the, but not in a bad way necessarily, like one of the aspects of the GDPR. So the, the GDPR is largely modeled after, or parts of it are largely modeled after the German privacy law that was there before. And we had actually had these laws for years, so nobody cared about them. And one of the reasons was that the fines weren't high enough. Um, there, there wasn't, there was like maximum fines. So if you're a company like Facebook, and let's say even the maximum fine is a million million euros, you know, then a million euros really doesn't hurt you if you're Facebook or if you Google. Um, so with the GDPR, they changed this and they made this a percentage of 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 the revenue, um, which could you know, which hurts companies a lot more. And this is why it's generally considered more effective. So the enforcement in Germany has been actually been quite good. Now, the enforcement in California, not so much apparently. But the issue um, that that is now coming up again, so I'm, I'm talking about this because I read a story, link as always in show notes, privatecitizen.press. Um I've read a story on the register where they were where they were talking about the latest hearing about this, about basically the U.S. getting a federal privacy law, uh, data protection law, and the the problem here is that California kind of went ahead and and created a law, and now one thing that could happen is that all the um, um, that more more federal more 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 states I keep calling it federal states because that's the uh, that's the name in Germany but you know more states do that 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 is you know that 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 is something that you could imagine happening now as this register story points out and I think everybody's in agreement um, about this this is not what anybody wants. Because that that just creates problems. Because then you have like what fifty one? Oh God, how many? St- I, I always forget this. Uh, how many states does the, the US have? US states. Oh God, why are you not? Why don't you have focus? Fifty um, one. Uh, list of states and territories. Why is there fifty? Okay. 50, a federal district, five major territories. And there's already somebody from Twitch that's saying 50. I always thought it was 51. It's probably because of, I always think of Washington, um, D.C., which is technically not a state. But, you know, you have 50 entities and they could pass all their different laws. You know, everybody could pass their own laws. And then as a company who, you know, you can't, you can't do just business in like three states of 10 states in the US. You have to do business in all the states, and which means you have to comply to all the laws, which which could become very, very, like, I mean, just imagine the GDPR, but then you have 50 different versions of it. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be just too much. So the everybody agrees that if you want a privacy law in, in the US, you sh- it should be a federal law. Um, so that it's uniform across all the states, um, I mean, there's some other um, ideas that have been posed in this hearing and other hearings where they were basically saying, well, what we could do is we could have a framework, like the federal government put 
have a framework or you know, they like to call it rule book because American football um, a playbook sorry I call it a playbook um, it's basically rules that the federal government establishes and then all the states have to you know would create their own laws within that framework I mean that that would be something you could be doing um, this is this is similar to what uh, the German government does sometimes um, there are certain things that are under the purview of the the federal states uh, as per the constitution education uh, being one um, you know hospitals medical uh, um, services being another um, you can like the federal the federal government can like put, put publish a gui guideline where all the states get together and they're like yeah we we'll, we have our own laws but they have to agree in generally to to these guidelines i mean that that that's the thing that could be happening um but the problem seems to be that this is not happening at all uh, none of this is not a federal law um maybe some other federal states will some other states will pass laws but um the federal law seems to be in a, a very far in the future right now, if not, I mean, basically in the current political climate, it's, it's not, it's not possible as the register says, um, as usual, things have split largely down party lines to simplify, to simplify Democrats think American citizens should have the right to their own personal data, including telling companies what they can gather and whether they can sell it. Republicans believe companies should have the data because it's worth money and money is good. And this is, this is complete. This is, yeah, this is the situation you asked right now with everything, but it's also really funny because <laughs> this is really funny to me because the, the, the California is a democratic, you know, as a Democrat run state as Democrat run as you can get. Um, as progressively Democrat as you can get. And this is where all the companies are. They want to like publish these laws or, or, or get these laws on the book. And the, the companies that the Republicans are afraid of getting hurt by this are all in California. <laughs> they're all, you know, they're all in Dem Democrat run state, which is, which is really weird. Um, so I generally, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, these, these days I don't often agree with the Democrats. I would agree with them on this. I personally think just taking a, the, the Californian law and making a federal law from that extrapolating would probably be a good start, but I can recognize, uh, I'm too much of a realist uh, not to recognize that that's probably uh, not possible. Also, um the Californian solution has its problems at the as the register here says about this hearing. Um, the elephant in the room, of course, was California Attorney General Xavier Becerra. California has created somewhat of a problem for everyone by passing the California Consumer Privacy Act, C CCPA, which finally came into force earlier this year. Becerra was good enough not to point out that the law was only passed because Californian voters were going to force through their own data privacy legislation through the ballot box regardless, having grown fed up of constant stasis in Sacramento thanks to the lobbying power of the tech giants. Aha! So it was the voters. <laughs> it wasn't even the, the Republican state government that wanted this law. Um, Becerra also failed to mention the efforts to undermine the CCPA and the fact that his own office approach, his own office's approach is under fire again, 
by Californian voters who are unhappy with how he's applying or rather not applying the law and have threatened to pass a stronger version. In Washington, Beccaro is under pressure from the other side of the spectrum, those who don't want data privacy legislation, legislation to actually, sorry, bumping the microphone, those don't, those who don't want data privacy, reg, oh, <laughs> I'm losing it, I'm losing the plot. Um, in Washington, Beccaro is under pressure from the other side of the spectrum, those who don't want data privacy legislation to actually give people data privacy, or at least not at the expense of companies. Um, now, the, there, there was another interesting uh, suggestion that I that was mentioned here, which, which I found um, intriguing. And that would be, uh, so the former FTC chair, William Kovacic, Kovacic who was uh, FTC chair under President George W. Bush, um, he, his suggestion was to give the FTC, which regulates... Um, He already regulates the networks, as in you know TV networks, uh, radio networks, and also uh, the internet, as you know, as it pertains to the US, um, to give them power to deal with privacy issues, um, and then you'd have state rights for everything else. Um, he said um, the federal government could come up with a framework onto which states map their own rules and laws. That's the you know the. Playbook suggestion again. But even under that bare bones approach, Kovacic noted that it would take a long time and, quote, cost, cost a lot, and, quote, to, quote, no, to pull in, quote, economists, attorneys, technologists, socialists, end quote. And he suggested that they all get paid extra, 20% more than normal, the uh, 20% more than the normal civil uh, pay scale and that Congress provide an extra billion dollars a year to the FTC to oversee it all. Noting here that this guy is one of the, uh, one of my examples for Americans who I think doesn't know what a socialist is because he wants to employ socialists in the FTC. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think he understands what a socialist is. If you, if you're interested in that, I refer you back to an episode I did a few um, episodes ago where I talk about socialism and communism and what all these terms mean. Um, so it looks like this is not going to happen. Um, but I thought it was uh, still interesting to talk about it, um, to talk about that this is something that is being um, at least discussed with US lawmakers, something that obviously some voters want Uh, and you know wh where the problems are. I, I feel, I feel state laws as as problematic and tiresome as that solution would be is probably the only way to go, um, at least for the foreseeable future. With uh, the U.S., you know, the the national politics being that divided and partisan, um, I don't see there ever being a consensus on this, which which is a shame because I feel if you looked at it, you know, not realistically, um, not with the eyes of, of somebody who practices realpolitik, but, you know, somebody who um, is a bit idealistic, you, you'd think that both Democrats and Republicans could get together on an issue like this um, because, you know, yes, Republicans always have the pro-business attitude um, but 
you know, if they if they looked at the issue um, objectively, they would they would actually see that what what people said was going to happen under the GDPR, that all these small and medium businesses would 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 have all these problems actually didn't happen. If anything, the GDPR is a bigger club to whack the um, the big companies over the head with, and. You know, generally Republicans are Republicans are not adverse to that, um, and they could also see that all these companies are not from from states where traditionally their voters come from. But you know, that's all just wishful thinking because in in reality, with the current climate, you know, even even after Trump, even if you know. If it's now, you know, or what I don't think, or in in four years, uh, whenever whenever the 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 post Trump era starts, it's not going to change. This is not going to change. Like the 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 political climate, I guess everywhere, but pretty much it's it's worse in the U.S. Um, is not conducive to you know passing these kinds of laws that are in essence good for the voters and good for the for the consumers um in this situation i feel like the the, the lobbyists still have the over at uh, the upper hand let's but let's look back at the eu let, let's see what's going on here I've, I've talked a bit about the gdpr as it pertains to germany you know and european countries now currently the eu i mean currently the uk is still in the eu so or in the transition period, whatever that means, legal, you know, as far as the laws are concerned, uh, the GDPR still applies. At the moment where Brexit happens, however it happens, let's assume um, at the 31st of December this of 2020, they don't push it back. That's the only thing that hasn't been changed so far because of... Because of Corona! Which I you know, feel like it's, it's going to happen, but let's just assume it's not. Um, let's assume the end of the year. Then, you know, at that point, technically, the UK still has a law that is that is basically the GDPR um, that applies. Of course, they could change it at any point. And, but, you know, that, that, that that's how it applies to the UK. Um, but the, 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 there's there's always a question that 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 is still there for for the for EU lawmakers and people in the EU because even if the UK keeps this um, this this law they have you know this basically GDPR law um, even if they keep that it's still not the GDPR and legally speaking the 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 UK is then an, an external country. And now this brings up the questions I've talked about on, on earlier episodes of this show. So within the GDPR framework, there is a three different stages you can have. You know, like if you're a if you're a legal entity, um, either you're dealing with you know you're let's say you're in Germany, you're a company in Germany, you're you're within the jurisdiction of the GDPR. There's there's three different situations you can have. Either you're dealing with another company in the jurisdiction of the GDPR, i.e. in the European Union, um, 
you're dealing with a third party country that is considered by the, uh, I guess the EU court of justice, um, as having equivalent in air quotes, privacy regulation, or it's a third party country. Um, if it is a third party country, then, you know, you can't export data there. Um, unless there's some agreements in place. One of these agreements I've also talked about previously, which was privacy shield with the U S which, as I talked about, is, is, doesn't, is currently is defunct because of that Max Schrems lawsuit um, against Facebook. Um, so that doesn't really exist anymore. But there's this class of countries where the EU basically says they have equivalent privacy protections. And as a company, as far as I can understand it, again, not lawyer, um, you basically treat them like GDPR countries. You can export data there. And generally, um, you just assume that, you know, legally they have the same standards and everything is okay. Now, there's now a big question where, um, as to will the EU, once Brexit happens, um, recognize this the status quo in the UK with their pseudo once was the GDPR laws as equivalent to the GDPR for very long as you know the 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 register again um, I've got a story a private citizen press in the show notes um, as the register says it was once almost a foregone conclusion that the UK would comply with EU data protection law enshrined in the GDPR after the Brexit transition agreement ends on the 31st of December 2020. But recent reports about the EU's reaction to UK's, quote, national data strategy have cast some, some doubt on that assumption. And this is, I mean, this has, this has two reasons. This has actual real understandable reasons where the EU has um, grievances with what's going on in the UK and how they might change things and how they're positioning themselves, which which are, I, I feel, applicable and understandable. And then there's the second factor, which is the more important factor, which is politics. Because they're negotiating about Brexit right now and this this GDPR equivalency thing is something they can lord over the UK, uh, like can you know they can pressure the Brits with in these negotiations. So this register story is basically about how this is all like politics now, um, which I probably agree with. I probably agree that in the end none of this matters. The decision will come down to how the rest of the negotiations go, and then it will just be like a, another. Uh, pawn in the chess game that the EU can deploy or it might you know the, the the other thinking is that it might just that they might just agree they just give that to the UK um, in exchange for something else because to be honest data privacy is um, you know not not this is not what I think but you know if I, I think if you would talk to politicians <laughs> in 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 the EU, um, that are running this, uh, it's probably one of the lesser problems they have right now. You know, with with generally with Brexit, with all the other problems, the Irish border problem, all of that stuff. With with our favorite topic, <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's probably I, I just I just want to play the jingle now because I I just I I feel like it so uh, I'm just gonna do it. Because of the the Wuhan flu, that's another another problem they have. Obviously, uh, I just want to play that. Uh, props to No Agenda. I, I stole that jingle of the great No Agenda podcast with Adam Curry and John C. Devorek. Um, so it's it's probably it's going to be a political um, ping pong ball. But to be, yeah, just. I think we we have to agree we have to accept that but I think we can also just move that to the side for now and still talk about the the issues that the EU has which I feel might become important maybe if not now then then in the future um so in this in this whole st- strategy um there are several um several things that the EU is worried about one of them is is a commitment to remove quote legal barriers real and perceived to data use um and then you know sharing data across borders making that easier and what the uk calls a quote radical transformation of gov- government data use um i don't know i think they think radical is a good term i don't you know radical transformation of the data use that that so- does that sound um, benign to you <laughs> um, i don't know it doesn't it sounds worrying to me um, and then there's also um, uh, Boris Johnson has has apparently recently said or um, explained in a written answer uh, to Parliament that um, the UK might allow in the future um, uh, allow ministers to change data protection rules without going through Parliament, which is of course worrying if you're the EU. Um, well, it should be worrying if you're in the UK as well. That's a that sounds like a blatantly undemocratic process. Um, why would you do that? Why would you have Parliament pass a law and then give government ministers the right to change, you know, basically the fine print without consulting Parliament? You know, that makes the law not worth nothing. Um, I mean that that would worry me as well. Um, there's other uh, issues with the UK saying that it might leave um, the European Convention of Human Rights, which I also have also talked about um, in the past, um, especially Article Eight, which you know has basically enshrines privacy and data protection as a civil right. Um, you know, as a, even as a human right, I don't I don't really like the term human right that much. It, get, it gets bandied about a bit too much. I think a civil right uh, applies in this case, but you know, ma- makes that fundamental, um, which is one of the legal justifications for having the GDPR. And yeah, if they taking all of this together, it does sound a little bit like the UK is trying to. Yeah, okay, we're like GDPR equivalent and then they get the seal of approval slapped on from the european court of justice then brexit happens 
and then they start changing like all the rules behind the scenes, you know, with ministers not talking to parliament and changing it all bit by bit. Um, you know, which which would which is is not a fear that I'm the only one who's expressing this. I mean, there's there's stuff being written about. Um, so people in uh, who are looking at UK politics and Brexit will know the name Dominic Cummings. He's very uh, controversial. Uh, let's say um, advisor to Boris Johnson, and you know was involved in the whole Brexit campaign and stuff like that. And um, he has basically said that he thinks the GDPR is just basically hindrance to business, and you know they don't want that. You know the the future government in the UK wants uh, what the register register calls a radical pro tech economy. I guess they want they want to. Um, compete with the US on you know on on big tax things and to do that you know you need you know the GDPR is in the way the GDPR is is uh, is, uh, is a hindrance is is a very big inconvenience which is why all these tech companies in the US are lobbying against legislation like that yeah so this is another topic where it's it's a yeah I'm sorry it's a lot of politics today I say I'm sorry I'm not really <laughs> sorry not sorry um you know because politics is important and it's governing all our lives but it it, it just feels like that's another topic where uh, we don't really know what's going to happen and it's all a bit bleak um i feel like discussion of that as i said before in some respects is kind of futile because it's going to it's going to be end up a political play ball uh for the for the ne negotiations anyway But as with you know the the U.S. the you know the um, the push to 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 get legislation um, privacy legislation on a federal level in the U.S. it's something um, that's important to talk about and important to be informed about um, because it is important. This is these are important issues, especially if you live in the U.K. But also if you live in the EU, because you know there's lots of U.K companies you might be dealing with i mean this podcast uh, the uh audio files you're getting uh they're coming from a uk server um i'm using a server by bite mark who as i always uh tell you at the end of the show um have graciously given the server to me and it's in the uk so this is an issue i mean in my case not so much of an issue because there's no pri really private data involved there you're just downloading a podcast um server yes the server collects ip addresses um i do delete them after 30 days um because i feel like that's so as i can understand that is pretty much um the uh the way to go under the gdpr and you know it gives me it gives me enough time to get some inkling of how much the files are downloaded and then i can just get the total you know the total numbers and i don't have to keep the ip addresses around which i don't need anyway Because I'm not Google <laughs> and I'm not trying to sell you anything except maybe a Patreon uh, membership, <laughs> but not even that really. Um, yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe a bit depressing, but still, you know, as, as with much that's happening these days, a bit depressing, but something we need to need to be aware of. And speaking of a little bit depressing, but something we need to be aware of, um, more news from Amazon. 
I had talked about Ring uh, in an early episode. I believe that was episode 13 of the show. And Ring is obviously a uh, Amazon subsidiary. So there's some news from Ring, but also some news from wider Amazon. And um, once again, the register, they're all over the show today. I just like them. I think they, they do good reporting. Um, they had an excellent analysis, which, of course, I always put also put in the show notes, uh, privatecitizen.press, once again is the website um, with all the contact information and copious show notes. Oh, no, I don't know if you heard that, but now the neighbors are hammering nails into the wall. Yes, everybody's still moving in here. They might be start drilling any moment. Um, that's how it goes. We'll have to deal with that. Where was I? The register. Um, yeah, they had an excellent uh, analysis of this. Um, this Amazon's latest announcements. Um, there is... So the first one is this. This this is really spooky. Um, it's called the Ring Always Home Cam, um, and that's already. I don't know who comes up with these names, but they're obviously like in this Silicon Valley bubble. I was talking about, and they oh the Always Home Cam that sounds great, sounds amazing. That's you know they don't realize that outside of their bubble, people might be thinking that's a bit spooky. <laughs> and this thing is spooky. I mean, this is all just a prototype, and it's a video um, which you can get from the register story i didn't i'm not playing it here because it's basically just audio um but it's like this it's it's not a device that currently works but they want to have it on the market by 2021 for 250 dollars and it's basically this little cube and um then you have like these sensors then you know like alarm sensors and if if those uh, detect something then then a little drone comes flying out of that cube and flies alerts you on your phone and then flies through your whole house or flat or whatever and and you can does like a round of the flat and you can see video um from what's happening and then presumably yell at the intruder that has broken in to your home and in the video um obviously the intruder goes like oh oh crap um <laughs> and uh then runs away um, yeah, that is uh, is certainly a use case. Um, I personally feel I don't know how professional, how much professional burglars are gonna be um, dissuaded by that. They're probably gonna be because, as, I've, as far as I understand, when somebody tries to break into your home, as long as it's not like home evasion kind of sh bullshit, um, they just you know try to break in when you're there and as soon as something's wrong they just run away you know somebody comes or whatever they just they don't want any hassle um but you know aside from this being a good solution or not it's like fucking creepy it's amazon putting a drone or you getting a drone from amazon into your house an indoor drone that can just fly around and, you know of course you it's not like an like the the echo which is you know it's a microphone that's always on, which you don't notice and you forget about. The drone you'll see when it flies around. And there's still some questions about how good that's going to work. Like if you have a cat, that cat's going to freak out. Even a dog, like your pets are going to kill that thing. Probably going to run up the wall trying to catch it. Um, but, you know, it's it's just creepy. Amazon, like, wanting this drone in your house. Then, of course, they have a new, it's called the Ring Car Alarm. You can put in your car. Um, that will detect if your car is broken into or if you're in a crash and then, you know, do a video call and you're like there upside down on the side, in the side of the road, like broken arms and they're like, they're calling 
doing a video call. Yeah, that's no, yeah, I need help. <laughs> Please, I don't need a video call. I just need help. Um, yeah. I mean, these things always, um, there's use cases for these, of course, they're products, but it, I always feel like they don't make your life that much better <laughs> to put up with all the potential spying that'll be going on. They've also announced a new version of the Echo. Um, so here uh, at the register says, rather than usual hockey pucks, next generation of the Amazon Echo will be little fuzzy round microphones and will have better sound. Additional AI, well, that's what we need, that will recognize your voice and there'll be a cute version that looks like a panda or tiger that will read to your kids. Yes, get them started early on this shit. Um, and then there's a new Wi-Fi router that will mesh with others and form a new secure network for all your devices. I love that Amazon's just assuming that my network at home isn't secure. It's like, oh, I need a new secure network. I think what they mean is that it's secure from them spying on it, which their network obviously won't be. <laughs> Man. They also have something. This is... This is this is the most worrying thing. I think this. I mean, aside from you know the ring stuff, and they're putting that in your house now as well. So, I mean, listen to that other episode if you want to know about what the problem with ring cameras is, and you know how police uses them um, to basically uh, have warrantless video surveillance. Um, and th that's a problem. But now they're also putting them into your house because they want to know more about what's going on on in your house. Great. Um, but the thing that's really worrying me is something called Amazon Sidewalk. And Amazon Sidewalk is there. Um, it's a proprietary, proprietary um, smart home network, I guess. Um, as the register says here, Sidewalk is a wonderful, clever thing. Takes a small amount of your Wi-Fi network bandwidth and uses it to share data with other sidewalk devices. It is its own Internet of Things network, and all the data and all the new gadgets from Amazon just announced will incorporate it. The old ones will get it through software updates. Amazon's sidewalk is proprietary and uses Bluetooth low energy over short distances and 900 megahertz low RA bands and other frequencies over longer ranges. I wonder how the old Devices are going to get that by software update, um, but maybe the, the, these radios have been in there all along. Um, crucially, while at the same time working on a new industry, smart home standard with Apple, Google, at all, Amazon ruthlessly exploited a hole in the current situation to gain platform control. And of course, it's a proprietary network and it talks to all the other Amazon devices, which is great, but... But... They're all concerned about your privacy because, as the register says, Amazon has done a very smart thing. It's come out forcefully on the issues of privacy and security. The network will be locked down and none of your information will be shared, except, that is, with Amazon. Amazon won't know the full details, unlike creepy Google, but it doesn't need to. It will take exactly the data it needs to gain full un a full understanding of the many small segments of the overall market in a way no one else will be able to. And then it will beat anyone in its way in each segment. It's um, anyone in its way in each segment into submission. I can't read anymore. Apparently I've been on holiday too long or I'm un un too many boxes. 
Um, yeah, so basically what the register is saying in this story is that Amazon has, um, as they have dominated the um, the retail market by um, having a platform and everybody using their platform and forcing other retailers to use their platform and then learning from what they're selling because they have all the data. They know what sells and what doesn't sell and who buys it and when it sells and when it doesn't sell, all this kind of stuff. And it can use that data to then like rip off the other people's business practices, uh, rip off their products, gain insight. And now they're drilling. Um, <laughs> and um, basically the register is saying they want to do this now on a bigger scale, not only on their own website, but also uh, in everybody's living room with all these devices. And then they know all about, you know, what you like, what you don't like and all this stuff. So basically they're trying to get a heads up on Google, um, which, which has a lot of this information through their search engine, because traditionally, if you want to buy something and you'll search for it, um, Amazon's trying to get that because they can't be the search engine, which, you know, they're smart. They, they didn't even try it. They saw that from the beginning. They, they, they're trying to get that access to data in, in different ways. I don't know. I find this extremely creepy. Um, and my issue with this is always um, that I've never understood why people get these devices. You know, I have friends, you know, I worked at, uh, when I worked at uh, CT and we did a lot of early stories about the smart home stuff. From the very beginning, I was always like, why are you buying this? Why are you buying this Echo? Like, yeah, okay. So then you talk to somebody who's who's buying these devices and they're like, yeah, well, I can, uh, when I'm cooking and I don't have my hands free, I can change a song by talking to the thing. You're like, really, that's your use case. I just dry my hands and wait five seconds or 10 seconds longer and then change the song. I mean, it's not, it's not breaking my leg to do so, you know. Um, it's, yeah, you know, a smart, a smart car alarm can be handy when your car is stolen. But on the other end, how many cars have you had stolen? Like, how often does that actually happen? I mean, that happens a lot, but there's like millions and millions and millions of cars. So, you know, and if you have a very expensive car, it has all these systems built in anyway. Um, and you're like, yeah, so I have a bit more security, but no Amazon knows where I am at all, at all times. And they can turn the thing on you know they can turn the, the microphone on when they want to listen to shit and we know that they do this stuff right they said no no humanist listens to that it's all ai right the, the echo the amazon the google thing is all ai and then it just turns out no it's not it's fucking people in ukraine you know underpaid students somewhere in the s or you know call centers in uk ukraine and they're listening to this and they're trying to figure out what people are actually saying not that, that i have anything against ukraine specifically but you know it's we know they're lying about this shit they've done it in the past and it's just like the benefits that you get are so tiny for what you're giving up um it's it's annoying i mean and you can't get away from it right so i i bought a um i i do a lot of my you know or traditionally we did a lot of our like netflix and amazon stuff um over an old ps3 that i'm not using for gaming anymore but it's very cumbersome right um I never bought like a remote control for it and stuff. So I bought 
an Amazon um, Fire TV stick because it's cheap and it does everything I want to do and you just plug it into the TV and it works. But now it's like fucking, you, you can only get the, the, the remote control with like voice control and then you have Amazon Echo again. I don't want that. I don't need that. And then, you know, you can't really turn it off. Currently it's set to, you know, you have to push the button for it to go on. Kind of have to believe them that that's actually true. I I don't I don't know. Um, and then you know all the <laughs> then Amazon's very helpful. Then you use like the Fire TV app or whatever, and it gives you like on the screensaver it gives you all these handy tips you can use Alexa for to figure stuff out. And it's like Alexa, show me a comedy movie, right? That's how I pick my movies. I just want any any old comedy. It's like oh, tell me a joke. The fuck? When when was the last time in your life that you said, "Oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, Frank, tell me a joke," right? It's just it's it's not a it's not a thing you you need. That's not you know. If I want a joke, I, I when was the last time you wanted a joke told? Yeah, you might listen to like comedians or whatever. Yeah, sure, but like a joke, like is that a joke as a service? Is that a thing we need? Uh, it's all these all these examples. I don't get it. At some point, I'll have to do an episode. I've I've, I've had this on the to do list for a long time about cars, and I have I still have to do some research on this. Um, but like all these new in car mandatory emergency systems, where basically there's a microphone in there, and a, a you know three G modem or whatever, like you know a cell. Uh, cell connectivity and then it i mean it, it, it presumably they can turn the mic somebody can hack into that and turn the microphone on um and it, you can stream the audio right from the car um which is something i don't want to have in my car but um it's something you i think that it's really hard to get around these days anyway i'll, I'll research that properly and I'll, I'll do an episode on that um and that's that's pretty much it for now that's um that's that's the two topics I wanted to talk about. There isn't really feedback today. Um apparently everybody's taking the time off as well. Um I actually didn't get that many messages while I was moving. Pe- maybe people were um maybe you all were just uh very considerate and were like he's, he's got his hands full in anyway. Don't want to send him send him emails now which which I, you know, I appreciate what I also appreciate is, uh, you know, some people sent me some really nice, um, well wishes um, over, over email, over social media, and basically saying hope the move goes well. And when I said, I, you know, I'd arrived, and yeah, nice to see you made it and stuff like that, which, uh, which is really cool. I got some other messages. Um, some of them were anonymous that you know just prompted me to maybe do some stories in the future that I can't really talk about. Um, and that's that's pretty much about it, uh, except from correcting me on on the uh, number of states in the U.S. Twitch has also been very quiet today. But also, I just announced this on last minute, and it's kind of experimental, so I understand. There's uh, people are probably still at work. I'll I'll try to if I if I do this again, I'll try to do it more. And you know, if I ever stream the podcast live again, I'll try to do it more on a on a, on a schedule and. Uh, Announce it beforehand, um, hopefully on my blog. I, I wanted to do all of that, but I just couldn't. 
I've got, I just didn't get around to it. I mean, it's just like chaos everywhere. And um, it's it's all been a bit uh, bit touch and go lately, but uh, we, we're, we're settling in and it, it'll all become more more regular again. At least I made, you know, made the schedule Wednesday release date. That's good. Um, definitely trying to keep that up. So uh, there, there'll be a show next Wednesday. Um, we'll see. Uh, maybe one before. I'll, I'll, I'll see. Maybe I'll get an extra episode in at some point. But I can't promise anything right now um, because of the aforementioned uh, situation with boxes in my room. Um, at some point, I will have to clean this up. Otherwise... Uh, There'll, there'll be trouble <laughs> um yeah so so that's it that's it for the show um for today i, I would um just close with my usual um explanation of how this works um this podcast is produced under the value for value model which means um i give it to you for free and then you decide if you derive some value from it if you do um I would appreciate it if you give some of that value back, um, toss a coin to your podcaster, so to speak. Um, and you can do that. You can um, you can go to uh, Patreon. I have a Patreon. Um, link is on privatecitizen.press. Every, everything's on there. It's also how, how you can contact me now that I'm back home and ready to uh, dig through your emails. If you have some feedback, please uh, do that. Please contact me. So... Um, yeah, that information is on there. You can become a patron. Um, you can also send me uh, one-off contributions via PayPal because uh, some people said, yeah, I don't want to really commit to like a monthly Patreon thing and I can understand that. So there's an email address for that, producers at fab.industries, also in the show notes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how value for value works. That's something... Adam Curry and uh, John C. Devora came up with on the No Agenda podcast. And I feel like it's it's the only way to produce something like this um, where you can do independent journalism and, you know, say what you think is right and what you think needs to be reported without any repercussions from anybody having, you know, being afraid that you cancel or anything like that or that advertisers jump off. And also, I really don't want any ads on the show. And you don't want any ads on the show. <laughs> ads are annoying. <laughs> and we, we have enough ads everywhere as it is. Um, so, yeah. Um, with that, I would like to thank everybody who did uh, did just that. Uh, sent me some value um, in one of the ways I've mentioned. I Actually, I feel like if I keep doing this, I'll probably have to start listing people who uh, subscribe via Twitch as well as as people supporting the show because of course you know if i do that if i stream live on um, on twitch obviously people can can subscribe to the channel so we'll we'll see how that develops um but for now let's thank everybody who was involved um in this episode um first of all uh as i mentioned before i'd like to thank bitemark who uh, are giving me the servers um that i use to um, distribute the podcast files and they're doing that for free otherwise i couldn't afford any of this so thanks to bitemark their uk hosting company bitemark.co.uk very much appreciated and i also uh, shout out to raul kabazali who um, wrote the nice theme tune they use for this podcast and i've, I've licensed from him and um, i think he's a great guy and uh, you know he should be 
he, sh he should deserve the credit that he's due. Uh, speaking of deserving credit, here's all the people that helped out monetarily for this episode, um, became producers and helped produce this podcast. Those people are Niall Donegan, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Heavy, Georges Walther, Dave, Butterbeans, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, Shelby Kruver, Kai Sears, Vlad, Jackie Plage, Jackie 1i11g, Philipp Klostermann, Fadi Mansur, Jaroslav Lichtblau, IKN, Matt Jallyman, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, David Potter, Dave Amrish, Mika Martin, Waitauta Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, SJ, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Sylvia Vulcan, and Richard Gilson. So thanks to all of you. Um, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for what you do. Thanks for producing the show. Enables me uh, to do what I do. And I love doing what I do. So uh, this, is, this is very important to me. Yeah, and I guess, uh, I guess that was it. I guess that was um, episode 40 of The Private Citizen, which is a lot. It's like, it's a lot of episodes that we've been uh, we've been together for and I hope for many many more um, now from Düsseldorf the wonderful capital city North Rhine-Westphalia in the Rhineland I'm right in the middle of it in Oberbilk or as we like to call it Überbilk Düsseldorf Überbilk um, yeah in the middle of it not not in any flight path of any airport right well this Düsseldorf airport is not that far away but I'm not right in the, you know, right right next to the runway anymore. Ah, I'm kind of that, that was kind of cool. But you know, Hamburg Hamburg is a wonderful city, and I will miss it. But you know, new adventures. And um, with that, I'll uh, I'll say goodbye, and I'll see you see you soon. See you next Wednesday, probably for the next episode of the Private Citizen. Until then, as always, aim to misbehave. <laughs>